0: Your email.
1: Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award winning real estate coaches and number one international best selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris.
2: Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are going to talk to you about the promised topic, what we're calling the Real Estate Reset. We presented some of this uh, content at our live event over last weekend, and we're getting a lot of calls from brokers and office managers and whatnot, wanting us to present this to their agents, and the answer is, of course, we will. If you want us to present this um, live, we're interested in doing that as well. Just email me directly, Tim, at timandjulieharris.com. So we're not going to mess around today. We're just going to get right to it. This, this is going to be a multi-day show. Here's, what I, here's the reason that Julie and I created this content for you. We created it, and by the way, we're not economists. We're not, um, you know, this isn't going to be a bunch of charts and graphs, and we're not going to be describing this in, in such a way that only people with PhDs and MBAs can understand it. We're going to give this information to you so that you can easily understand it in a you know point-blank, practical, tactical way, like we always try to deliver information. But in addition to that, the reason we're wanting to give you this information the way we're going to give it to you is because you need to be able to at least partially explain the phases of the real estate reset to your sellers. They need to understand that we're in the second phase now. They need to understand what that means. They need to understand what comes next. So – the basis of our uh, the research that we've done for this, we, Julie and I probably spent more hours on this particular topic um, than we have any other topics in a long time, frankly, because there was so much analytical information that we had to cut through that was just freaking boring, and it was too confusing and just written for people that are, you know, running hedge funds and just shorting real estate stocks, and it's like, ugh, oh, yuck. You know, we, so we had to cut through so much to give you guys what we're going to share with you today. So what we're going to do is we're going to walk you through um, the five phases, and there might be six, but probably just five, of the real estate reset. And that's what we're going to start calling this. We're not going to call this a real estate crash because we don't think it is a real estate crash. We're not, I know other people are going to use more, you know, gratuitous descriptions of it, but the reality of it is, is they're not in the real estate business. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. You guys are, we are, so what we're going to do is we're going to walk you through of what we think are going to be, well, what the phases, the traditional project, you know, expected phases of a real estate reset are, but we're going to then explain to you how you can go in, explain this to your sellers, and know exactly where you are in this, uh, in this changing market. So the first thing you have to do when we're going through this content is you have to accept the fact and understand that what we're going to present to you is not universally true. What do I mean that by that? It's simple. We're going to present information to you that might not affect your market yet. We're going to be talking about, maybe we already are talking about, this real estate reset thing, and you're still basically in the midst of what feels like a crazy seller's market. I get it. That doesn't mean that it's not going to affect you. It just doesn't necessarily affect you yet. Or it's affecting you already, and you just don't know it because you don't know where to look. You don't know you've been so busy chasing your contracts and getting things closed, you haven't actually paid attention to the fact that things have changed. So what we're going to do is we're going to expose you to this information, and then but I want to give you a a, um, a user notice, okay? And here it is. Even in the worst housing crash ever, people are still making money. This is the one that we went through 12, 13 years ago. Even in the worst Parts of the country experiencing the worst parts of the housing crash, people were still making money. Now, in your marketplace – doesn't matter what the market let's just say let's just say you are living in one of the few markets in the country that's immune to any sort of housing price correction or at least it won't be felt in a painful way maybe houses don't appreciate it six percent maybe they only appreciate it two. Bah, who cares that's fine right i mean maybe those types of things but other markets most markets you're going to see actual loss of value now here's where it gets complicated and i want you to listen listeners and this is really important you understand this inside your market there's going to be micro markets so like when julie and i sold real estate in columbus ohio we never sold real estate in a seller's market we coached agents in the seller's market um, oftentimes feeling envious of some of the agents we were coaching in the seller's market because they had a really high average sale price, right? But the fact is, is we never sold real estate in a seller's market. We always sold real estate in what really would be a buyer's market or a, or, or a balanced market, but mostly a buyer's market. We never sold real estate. Now, we haven't sold real estate for a long time, right? We sold real estate in the 90s, basically. But that was the market we sold it in Columbus, Ohio. So when I'm walking you guys through this, I know – What's num- some, most of you listening have never experienced a buyer's market, let alone a changing market, let alone you know a balanced market. You don't have any clue what I'm talking about. And so when I say you can make money no matter what direction the market's going, it's because we did. Millions of agents have, and you can as well. What you're going to have to do is two things. You're obviously going to have to change your skill set. You're going to have to assume until proven otherwise that everything thing that you've done over the past 12 years to generate business is not going to work or not work at the level that you expect it to. You just assume until proven otherwise what I'm saying is true about that. So all the things that you think are going to get you through this next phase in the, in the market in this real estate reset – just approach them that they're all garbage ideas and that you need to go back through and revamp everything until proven otherwise. You might find that something you're doing works even better in this changing market or a buyer's market, but probably not. So those of you who are dependent on buying buyer leads and all this you know, Facebook advertising and liking and all this other stuff – You're going to be shocked. You're going to be adversely affected, to put it nicely, by the changing market. Those of you who have big teams, big expansion teams, those of you who have been spending your money on all these frivolous things and having almost no uh, net profit in your business, hoping that basically your profit would be coming from the sale of the business or some big liquidity event, those dreams are going to go out the window. You're going to realize that this new market has a different set of rules that you must conduct yourself by. Just internalize that, guys. I know there's a lot of you right now that are mad and your egos are flaring because I said it, but just assume it's true until proven otherwise and then go through every single thing that you're doing now to run your business and lead generate. I'm talking about your business structure, every single thing, and assume that's obsolete information. You need to update it until it proves itself not to be. There's number one. Number two, this information is applicable in your market, but you need to know how to apply it. In your market, no matter how bad the market gets, you're going to have pockets that are a hot seller's market. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. So there's 100, between 100 and 200,000 of you that listen to this show on a regular basis. In your market, in Las Vegas, for example, during the height of the bub, or the, the bust – People were just like, oh, my gosh, you know, they're, you know, real estate will never sell again. We might as well knock down buildings, and some buildings did get knocked down. You know, there are all these things, all this despair, all this horribleness, and this happened in the Empire, California. It happened in, you know, West Palm Beach, California, or Florida. It happened in, you know, Cleveland. It's still happening in Cleveland. It happened in all over the country. Even in those really hard-hit markets, there were still pockets, and now sometimes the pocket could be limited to a few hundred homes. Sometimes the pocket could just be limited to a new subdivision that we're selling like wildfire that everyone wanted to buy. So two bits of information. I want you to make sure you drilled on this in your head. Assume everything that you've been doing in the past 12 years will not work or not work at the same level in this new market until it proves otherwise. And number two... When you're getting this information, don't just assume it, it's just a blanket for your entire market. You're going to have to get in there and really understand that there will always be places in your market that are going to be hot seller's markets, and it's your job to find them. You know? It's your job to know about them. It's your job to see what's evolving and changing, and this is part, of, part and parcel of being a real estate professional. Okay? So, Julie, let's talk about phase one. Phase one is the market that we've been in, and that is the hot seller's market
0: yes otherwise known as mania so let me do a little prequel to this we're doing this because housing bubbles actually do have a predictable progression even if you guys don't necessarily see it historically you know economists we've studied it we've lived it you guys have lived it there is an actual pattern so we're doing this so that you can recognize what's happening in your individual price ranges neighborhoods zip codes it's not all going to behave the same way, but there is a pattern to it. So phase one is what you guys have been living through for quite some time, known as mania. This should sound familiar. Prices rise at an accelerating rate as factors like excess central bank liquidity, loose credit, lots of foreign money. You know, there's a lot of news right now about uh, Canadian money and Chinese money leaving. But until that happened, there was a lot of uh, overbidding. This is a big cycle, uh, well above sustainably affordable levels. Now, arguably this has been at its peak over not just, you know, a decade but especially over the past 5 to 6 years otherwise known as a seller's market tenets of a seller's market and we'll do these by letter are starting with a big teams mega teams expansion teams all the while not making much profit tim you mentioned b buying buyer leads very prevalent in this market. C, tech companies coming out of the woodwork, venture funded, supporting the buying leads model, the advent of lots of those new companies. D, agents spending money on branding and marketing. E, agents spending money on things that we would put in uh, what we lovingly call the ego bucket. F, market re- the market reinforces not doing what you don't want to do at the highest level because if we're being honest, homes are selling themselves and agents feel like rock stars. G, lots of emphasis on mindset, mystical things, very little emphasis on skills. And H, flat fee brokers and discount models which claim to be revolutionary seem to be everywhere. We have letter I, new construction is everywhere. And finally, J. we would say that a, quote, hard-to-sell listing is defined as it taking weeks instead of hours or days.
2: So so, So in the mania
0: version, that's what it looks like,
2: yeah. So let's break this down, guys. We've been in the mania version of the housing uh, cycle, what we're calling phases of the housing reset, since 2011. So the housing crash started, and I know the world tells you 2008, but it's not true. It really started in 2006, and it lasted from 2000. Now, again, in your market, it might be different. I'll give you an example. Julie and I, again, Columbus, Ohio, we don't live there now. We're in Texans, thank God, in any event. So when we were in Columbus – the housing market didn't really start to turn into a seller's market for the last two or three years. So the rest of the country basically started to be a seller's market in 2011. So the crash started in 2006, and we started to see the same thing that we're going to discuss with you in Phase 2. So Julie and I knew that the housing crash was happening, frankly so did a lot of other people. And I'm going to do a tiny little micro rant here, and then I'll get off of it. Brokers, office managers, you guys know this is happening. I have, I'm, I'm, You do. You just do. I know you do. You can see the numbers. You're hearing the pain and the anguish from the agents. You know that the market is changing. You are not telling the agents the truth because you're afraid of not knowing how to deal with their emotions. And I understand. We deal with agents' emotions for a living. So if you want Julie and I to basically deliver them the sobering news of what's ahead for them, you need to ask us to do it. It's Tim at com. Email us, and I'll connect you with our, our uh, event coordinator. Um, and we can just do nothing other than a webinar for you if you want to just to present this information and answer their questions. But the point is, is it's your moral obligation, moral obligation to tell your the people that you're leading in the real estate community the truth about what's happening next. You need to get out of denial. You need to get out of self-protection mode and you need to realize that it's your job to help them by giving them the correct information so they can make their strategic moves now and be prepared. Look, hope for the best, be prepared for the worst. I'm all about that. Our company is, you know, we're all retired, you know, Boy Scouts here. But the reality of it is, is that you're not doing that. For the the country, it didn't do that before, and it's not doing that now. By say country, I mean literally the entire country was in denial about the real estate uh, crash back in 2006 they, no one talks about it. Everyone's still blowing sunshine up the real estate market's butts. It's still happening now. Now, just in the past couple of weeks, we started seeing the news story started to come out. We started telling all of you, remember I told you this, go back and listen to the podcast. 18 to 24 months ago, we started telling you guys that there was a housing crash that was already starting to happen. We told you that in 2006. Nobody mostly in the world came around to realizing it in 2008. You're seeing the correlation. About two years ago, we were telling you about it, and now we're seeing it happen again. How did Julie and I know what we knew from you, coaching clients? Because coaching clients are starting to tell us, people who have been in the industry for a long time, you know, they were starting to say – who uh, they had been through this, you know, the shit show back in 06, 07, 08, and they said, Tim, it's happening again. And I discussed with them what they were seeing. And I, you know, I, yes, they're absolutely right. We started warning you guys on this show, we started preparing our coaching clients. We didn't worry about whether or not you guys could handle it or not because we told you the truth and then we gave you a plan how to handle it. And I hope the industry learns from its past mistakes and doesn't just leave the agents out there swinging in the wind to suffer through another real estate crash like it did. Did back in the, you know, 06, 07, and 08, okay? So the crash started in 06, rant over, crash started in 06, and it, in some markets, it hit hard really fast, In other markets, it's sort of just like, it was a little bit of like a step back, but no real drop in pr- values. Other markets, and those of you guys running were in the business then, values dropped in some cases by 70 and 80%. Someone bought a house for 300 grand. Now it's worth 50 grand. That happened all over the country. That really, really did happen in nice areas too. In areas that you drive through now, where houses are 450 and 500 grand, ask any agent that was in the business 12 years ago, and they'll tell you they remember those houses being 80 grand. That's will happen that bad again. I pray to God, with a capital G, that it does not happen again. But it could, and it might, in your market. So you need to be prepared. You guys understand where we're coming from here, so. The crash started in '06, really, and picked up momentum through 07, 08, 09, and then in 2011, that's when the market started to reverse and entered into what we are still in to this day. So this phase one is where basically it becomes a seller's market. This phase one is frankly one of the easiest markets to make money in because the houses do sell themselves and buyers sell or will buy mostly from fear of loss. All you have to say to a buyer in a market that's been like it's been for 12 years is if you don't buy it, somebody else will. And if it's overpriced, pay it. If it's still overpriced, pay more. Oh, no, you don't get an inspection. You don't get an appraisal. No, 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 Mr. Mr. Seller or Mr. Buyer, you got to write a letter and send a fruit basket to the seller to get them accept your offer. Those of you who have only been in the market for the last, you know, since 2011, effectively, you've never known what it's like in a changing market, let alone a buyer's market. You will have to know if you expect to stay in the market. So all this crap that you guys see that's for sale to agents, that stuff only comes about when there's a lot of money to be made selling stuff to agents. Selling stuff to agents is a multi-billion dollar a year business. We're part of the selling stuff to agents business. Zillow is part of the selling stuff to agents business. Zillow came around when? In 2007. All these other companies came in basically from, uh, during the, uh, the, the uh, real estate recovery. During the building up of the seller's market, most of the companies that we have come to, you know, that you guys get solicited by, that you're paying every month, those types of companies only can't exist in a seller's market. When the market changes, they will evaporate, they'll just go away. They might say they merged or they sold or what they did is failed because they were only built for one type of market. All this meandering and talking and you know prophesizing about real estate tech and all that that is all going to go away and as soon as the hedge fund guys that are funding all these companies realize that the market's changed and, ha- and shit's actually harder to sell now right and agents aren't going to be so easy with their you know I'll buy leads credit card or their CRMs or all this other thing as soon as that basically takes hold you're going to see all those types of ego uh, marketing things they're just going to evaporate and then it's going to become a skills based market again that's what a into hopefully you understand what i'm saying so that's phase one phase two is what we know for a fact we're in right now phase one i'm here to tell you is officially over it is over and if you're still trying to build your team if you're still trying to basically buy leads it might still work but you have to be honest with yourself it's not working like you thought it would it's not working like you were told it would and it's going to get worse what scares me for all of you is what happened before is going to happen again. You're going to take too long to pivot. You're going to take too long to change. You're going to be sucked down and hoping and praying that the market's going to change. In the, this, uh, you know, the, No correction lasts a year or six months, guys. This is a cyclical event. For some of you, it's the first one in your careers. Others of us, like Julie and I and a lot of you listening, it's the third or the fourth, so we know what to expect. I'm reminding those of you who know what to expect not to hide your head in the sand. And those of you who have never experienced it before, listen to what I'm saying. There's no motivation for me to do anything other than tell you the truth. So, Julie, let's talk about phase two.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is for sure. Okay, so phase two is known as the peak or reality check time Is the party over? Well, this is what it looks like. Increasingly jittery owners attempt to sell out before the party ends. Supply actually jumps as prices stagnate. Inflection point where the market could sell off again or it could become more of a buyer's market. Evidence, and this is very recent evidence. First point, the supply of homes for sale during the all-important spring market of this year rose at three times last year's rate. That's the supply. 30 of America's 100 largest cities now have more inventory than they did a year ago. And mortgage applications for new homes dropped 9% year over year. So taken together, these three points suggest that residential housing supply is indeed increasing as the sales are slowing exactly what you would expect to see in the transition from stage one to stage two. Now, this is where you guys really have to pay attention because many of you are going to say, yep, already seeing that. Maybe not in every price range, but you're seeing it, okay? So point A, again, this is tenets of phase two. Aspirational pricing comes to an end. You can no longer throw a dart at the wall and get it plus plus based on multiple offers. Aspirational pricing comes to an end. Along with that, point B, longer days on the market. C, fewer offers, sometimes only one. And D, that offer is now rarely over asking price. Point E is that appraisal issues start to become a problem again. And F, along with that, inspection issues start getting negotiated again. The seller doesn't always get to say, sorry, if you want that, go jump in a lake, buyer. I'll just take another, you know, I'll take my backup offer or my second backup offer. Buyers are actually negotiating inspection issues again, and in some cases, walking as a result. G, transaction management overall becomes much more challenging. H, New construction slows, and we already have many reports of this. Builder incentives reappear. Now, why do builders have incentives? Because they're starting to have trouble selling off their inventory. I, expired listings increase, point J, and this is great for skilled agents. Not so much for agents who thought that they were super hot because everything was selling on its own. This is fantastic for agents who have it going on. Sellers become much more selective with whom they list with. They value agent skills again, and the key differentiator is not your internet marketing likes and follows, but it's the fact that you got their neighbor's house sold. Point number K, teams and brokerages who were running low profit margins are starting to worry. Point L, most of the industry puts its head in the sand and goes into denial about the market changing. And we have little reports here and there and agents posting on Facebook. No, because it doesn't look exactly like last time around, it can't be happening to me. This is already happening. Industry putting head in sand. K. BPO orders begin to increase. And point L, we would say that a hard-to-sell listing in this phase takes months. Not weeks, not days, but it's starting to take months. And this is already freaking some agents out. Back to you, Tim.
2: Well, so um, I'll tell you another one we should have thrown in there. Tim and Julie Harris bashing by fellow real estate trainers starts to pick (laughs) up again because that's what happened back when Julie and I were saying all this back in 06, 07, 08, is we were telling you guys all this too, and the industry was totally and completely rallying against us until basically it couldn't deny it anymore because the industry didn't want to have to tell you the heavy lifting. Look, guys, the brokerage, brokerage community lives in fear of you guys leaving. That's their, you know, Recruiting agents is terrible work. It's hard work. And once you have an agent in your office, you want to do everything to keep them. So if you think you're going to say something that might run them off or scare them, well, then guess what? You're not going to tell them that, that information. But brokers and office managers, you know what I just said was true, but I'm going to give you the flip side to it. Your, broker, your agents are going to know what I'm saying is true. They're either going to hear it on this show, highly likely, or they're going to hear about it from somebody else. And when they ask themselves why you didn't expose them to this information information sooner that's the reason they're going to leave you they're going to leave you because they have a vote of no confidence because you did not provide leadership when you should have that's one of the core things look you guys should not be providing your agents leads you should not be i mean look if you drill down all the things that the brokers, there's another thing we should add points. You know, brokers who are uh, having to bend over backwards and providing agents with all these added services and all that. You guys aren't going to be able to continue to provide all those those services because it's going to be too expensive. Your profit margins are going to continue to be under attack, and now you're going to have this. You know, all this, guys. This is the stress and the strain that comes if you wait too long. So the waiting too long is what's going to get you. It's what Julie and I are scared of for the sake of most of the industry, to be honest with you, is that a lot of you will take too long to accept the fact that the market's changed. We are in phase two. We are there now. I know your market might not feel like phase two, but if it doesn't, if it's still, like I was talking with one of our coaching clients in North Carolina, it's still a smoking hot seller's market there. I get it. But then I had him look in the MLS, and the days in the markets are taking longer. I asked him about like the six listings you put in contract in the last two weeks, and he said, I only had one offer opposed to two. And so by asking these questions, he realized that he, too was in phase two, and his marketplace has an average sale price of less than 300 grand. So that's the natural, predictable uh, you know, that's the phases of the real estate reset. This is phase two is where if you don't get your act together, you're going to get sucked under. If you don't realize that your marginally profitable real estate brokerage or your marginally profitable real estate team needs to shed expense fast, you're going to, you're going to basically be sucked under by this tsunami of this real estate reset. There's some dramatic words, right? Maybe I'm being a little salacious, but the fact is it's true. Now, in the ne- yeah, by the it, way – get going to make uh, it a point,
0: though, Tim, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you here, but you mentioned no, something you really important that – You know, it's not uncommon for agents in this beginning of phase two, transition out of phase one, to hang their hats on the one listing that still got four offers or the one listing that still got, you know, $10,000 over asking price. They hang their hat on that and that's their excuse for saying it's not happening here, not happening to me. last thing that I put in contract took, you know, three offers and it went over bidding. Well, look at the rest of the facts, like what you did with our North Carolina agent. What's happening in your marketplace? Are days in the market going up or going down? Maybe they're going up uh, only over 500000 in some markets. Maybe they're only acting that way in the condo market where you live. You've got to take subject property by subject property and really know this. The days of throwing a dart at the wall and winning are coming to an end if they haven't already in your own market. So I just had to point that out. Don't take little tiny cases And hang your hat on that as what's absolutely happening in your market. Back to you.
2: And so remember I said at the top of today's show, guys, is that the market is still going to – there's still money to be made. And actually, technically, there's still the same amount of money flowing into real estate transactions. Uh, The number of actual transactions that will take place never really decreases that much during a housing correction. But what's very fascinating is the people that are doing the transactions, that's what changes. So the sellers that were before just choosing you because you dropped off a pumpkin pie – you know, centers of influence, the marketing types, those sellers are going to make you compete for that listing. They're going to make you prove that you can get it done. Look, they love all the chotkeys and crap you've been dropping off their door for the past year. It's been great fun throwing it all in the trash can. But here we are with the changing market, and they are not going to just summarily list that house with you if they can't be convinced that you can get it sold. That's what we experience in phase two. Most agents, basically, that's their one spoke, Centers of Influence and Past Clients. So unless you have a drilled-down PLP, unless you can overcome objections about pricing, unless you can explain to the seller all the types of things that we're helping you to work through, you are not going to get that listing. Even if it's the person you sit next to in church, they're going to list it with somebody else because they're going to be nervous about who they're going to select. So there's a little sliver of an example of what happens in a changing market like this, let alone Phase 3, which we're going to talk about on the next show. So listen to the next show. We're going to give you more uh, drilled-down details, and then we're going to the, the wrap-up to this topic is we're going to start telling you, giving you a list of specific things that you need to be doing now, and then after this show, we've already written a show after this, which are I think 14 ways to recession-proof your business. Um, that's going to yeah. be coming probably in the next week. So you can see where our focus here is. We're going to carry the water for the industry as much as we can. For those, of you, for those of you who choose to listen, take action on this information, we have a lot of folks that are in parallels to the real estate industry. All this information is relevant to you before as well. Julie, I had an interesting um, – I didn't mm-hmm. tell you about this. So one of the lenders mm-hmm. that we work with who is out in California, he, he mm-hmm. just deals nothing with you know, $5 million, $10 million, da, 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 business is dead. He's even had, really? and He had and he, he was doing uh, hedge fund lending where they people could have no provable income, just have uh, like 20% down mm-hmm. and have um mm-hmm. you know basically provide bank statements, but even if they're tax mm-hmm. returns. So this was totally and completely like rich people subprime. Get what yep. I'm saying? His business mm-hmm. is dead. He's not. He basically Very said literally had no applications. Yeah, and he was working primarily with a lot of the top agents in uh, around Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a, just an anecdotal a a slice of information. Yeah, but is, mm-hmm. are people talking about this outside of us? Not really. Nope. Not like they should be. So listen, guys, we're going to pick up where we left off today, tomorrow. And if you have any questions, for, if you need any help, what do you do? Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Um, and uh, if you got uh, agents, if you would like a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches to create your lead generation and business plan for this changing market, just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Freecoachingcallsforagents.com. You guys have a fantastic day, and remember, this is going to be a series of probably three or four podcasts. Uh, I'm going we're gonna number them all a- online and on you, um, you know, uh, iTunes and all the rest of it, so you guys can listen to these. Uh, Sequentially, make sure that brokers, office managers do share this information with your agents. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow.
1: This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time...